On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. On the Record, I'm April Ryan. What does political discontent look like? I talked with a former Clinton and Obama administration official. I spoke with Bruce Reed about his feelings. And I also talked to someone who is actively in the resistance leadership. She's planning more marches and more meetings against what she considers something bad, President Donald Trump. You're listening to On the Record. President Trump this week is in New York, focused in on the international community as he delivers his address to the U.N. General Assembly session Tuesday. But President Trump last week allegedly worked out a spending deal with Democrats as there are still questions over what really happened and what was and was not ironed out. Speaking of the wall and in some parts, DACA. This as there is consternation in the president's own party with their own president. The division of party against party and some Republicans Republicans consistently in disagreement with their own president is a reality we're seeing play out publicly. I talked with Bruce Reed, formerly of the Clinton and Obama administrations. He offers this. We're in for a, a, a rough patch here. Uh, as a country, we've lost the courage to agree with one another. We've lost the courage to work together. Uh, and our problems are too big uh, to... Uh, to, to behave the way we're behaving. And what does Reed think about President Trump's comments on race after the deadly melee in Charlottesville? I don't think America is beyond repair. I don't think the American people are beyond repair. Uh, I, I think our our president uh, uh, may be, be beyond repair. Mm. Anything else you'd like to add, Bruce Reed? Okay. No. Hang in there. I'm April Ryan with On the Record and co-chair of the Women's March DC, Bob Bland. I talked with her in a chance meeting at a parking garage not far from the White House. My name is Bob Bland and I'm the national co-chair of the Women's March. And Bob Bland? Yes. Okay. Um, talk to me. What is going on? So you're here in DC. Why? We are in DC because we recently marched from Charlottesville, Virginia to D.C., 118 miles over the course of 10 days to confront white supremacy in all of its forms, including the policies and laws of the current White House. And we are connecting what happened in Charlottesville, the tragedy, and then also the coalition of Nazis, KKK, and white supremacists who came together to unite the right with the racist policies of Jeff Sessions, of President Trump, and um, we are here to um, commence a series of direct actions uh, with a coalition of partners and then also individuals who are movement leaders uh, to uh, tell Congress and tell the White House that we will not allow any more business to be done in Washington until white supremacy is confronted and eradicated from the White House. And we're also here to talk to uh, n normal people, local people, about their own internalized white supremacy and how to dismantle the white supremacy in our minds and how that's the beginning of us to being able to dismantle all sorts of injustices within the system. So how many people did this 10-day march? Uh, we had about uh, 
500 people total and on average there was around 150 people per day marching. Uh, many people went all the way from Charlottesville to Washington DC and we were welcomed at the Martin Luther King Memorial by over a thousand people in a rally that was uh, attended by Charlottesville uh, clergy and then uh, also a lot of folks both from Charlottesville and then from Washington DC that have been affected uh, by uh, Charlottesville, by Boston and white supremacy in general. So, and you have uh, the convention coming up, and that's in Detroit. Talk to me about that. So the Women's March on Washington never really stopped after the election. And we're asking anyone who marched on January 21st or who has been inspired by the women-led resistance afterwards to join us October 27th through 29th in Detroit, Michigan for a historic women's convention. This is the first convention of its time in over 40 years, the last one being in 1977. And what we're doing is convening 5,000 women leaders rising political leaders, also grassroots organizers, both experienced and first-time activists. And this is about building our collective power as women in society, in politics, and in our communities. We'll be offering trainings. We will be having important, courageous conversations that aren't being had anywhere else. And women, we will set the agenda for 2018. So your organization, um, the Women's March, was part of this, this march from Charlotte Charlottesville to Washington. And, and how are you leveraging? How do you plan to leverage what you want with this administration? We plan on doing something similar to what we did with Women's March, where we brought out numbers too big to ignore. And uh, while marches and rallies have been somewhat effective, what we can clearly see from the Trump White House is they don't care. And so we must begin doing sustained actions. People must do inconvenient things like come down to Washington and get in the face of the administration nonstop until they cave. And so we're, we're going to be doing direct actions all over the city in coalition with partners. Um, we will also be asking folks who march to come down for sustained amount of times for actions. And um, we'll have a variety of different programming throughout the coming months leading up to the March for Racial Justice, which is on September 30th. Um, but there, there's so many different great groups planning actions throughout the month. So, so we'll also be uplifting those and coming together in coalition. It's on the record. I'm April Ryan. Let's focus in on HBCUs in Washington. Two separate panel discussions this week. The White House is hosting its annual HBCU week. It's been doing it for the last 30 years. But with this administration, there's a lot of controversy as to the promises that haven't been kept. And also the fact that the president has said some things that have disturbed some of the HBCU community to include issues around Charlottesville. And then there is that inaugural HBCU brain trust being convened by Congresswoman Alma S. Adams. Now, that brain trust has me as one of the moderators and also two panel discussions, one with corporate America to include giant companies like Apple and Microsoft, Intel and Bank of America. And then there's the second panel that hosts the presidents and chancellors of HBCUs like Fayetteville State University, Howard, Johnson C. Smith, Morehouse, Morgan State, North Carolina A&T, as well as Tennessee State University. 
Everett B. Ward is the president of St. Augustine's University that's 150 years old, and he puts in perspective what's needed for HBCUs in this day and time to survive. What I'm hoping for are tangible, result-oriented solutions. How are we going to help fund programs at these institutions? How are we going to increase Pell Grant funds for students? How are we going to help uh, affordability for these institutions and for these schools. It's not enough for us to take photographs. We've got to really have a strategy and a commitment from this administration that they are going to put resources and tangible results into historically black colleges because they are a national treasury. And if we are going to be competitive in this country and competitive globally, we can't afford to lose not one educational institution that provides leadership in this nation. With all the controversy swirling around the White House's efforts with historically black colleges and universities since February of this year, the White House has seemed to find time to pick someone to head the initiative. Now, according to a source, they have picked a man who is an African-American GOP member. His name is Jonathan M. Holyfield. He's an author and former NFL player. He's a speaker and a consultant. That's what his profile says on LinkedIn. So what does Jonathan Holyfield have to look forward to with the HBCU president when he takes over? There's a big bit of discontent in the ranks of HBCUs. Dr. Phyllis Dawkins, head of Bennett College. Well, we're just not happy uh, with uh, the lack of progress, the, the amount of money allocated to HBCUs in the budget, the current budget, as proposed by the president. Uh, we're also concerned about uh, they have yet to appoint an executive director to, to manage the White House initiative or a committee, an advisory committee. Uh, so there's been very little progress since our um, initial White House visit. Now, you know, they did do well with the PEL, okay? Uh, but uh, been very little support otherwise. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.